Hello, everybody, and welcome to another weekly episode of the Dirty Talk Podcast, your source for all that is fun, weird, sexy, adjective. Yeah, give me some adjectives. Wacky, whimsical, wonderful, wild. Yes, all those things. All the things that are great with the world. (laughs) Welcome. This is T.C. Rollins. And I'm Rain DeGray. I want to start off this week by taking you to Instagram. Uh, okay, joy. Boy, <laughs> I'm excited. It's a good thing I'm sitting down because otherwise I would swoon and get lightheaded from the excitement. Sit down because I'm taking you to the wonderful world of Instagram. I will share this link to the page we're looking at on the website in the show notes for this page. So you see this here. Uh, it looks like an attractive and bendy young woman. Yes, uh-huh. a, an attractive young Asian girl. Uh, supposedly, she is 22. Okay. And um, what what do you see that is odd about this girl, possibly? Um, Odd about her. I, it's really hard to have a waistline that tight and a booty that juicy. Mm-hmm. What uh, if I told you that she's not real? Oh, so this is a, she's an AI. This is a greatest hits of all the things that are popular on Instagram. And they have just made a curated digital version of hotness. Sure. Yes, I could see that. She is the world's first completely AI created influencer. Oh, well, she's not going to have any scandals, right? She's not going to get a drug habit. Exactly. She's not going to get knocked up by anybody. Yes. She's fun to look at. And she will remain 22 forever. Oh, no aging. She doesn't age. They can put her in any location, any position. She never sleeps. She has a whole team of people and computers behind her deciding what sells the best. And currently she's on pace to make almost a million dollars this year in advertisement promotions just for being an Instagram influencer. She has... 73,000 followers on Instagram, but she is the perfect, this is what the Koreans decided is the perfect Instagram influencer. And they did it specifically for that. She was created by this company called Citus X. And here is basically the layout of her, her body. They've designed her face. They've designed everything about her to appeal to the broadest possible market. And she is coming to take your jobs, influencers. You cannot compete with this girl that can stay 22 forever, can go anywhere in the world. Will never gain any weight, will never get a crack habit, will never have a poorly timed pregnancy, will never get an attitude. Yep. Never pop up in the news with any sort of trauma or any sort of gossip. Ever. She doesn't she is, suffer from depression or ADHD. That is yep. just She wow. is completely controlled by an advertising agency, and she is going to make a ton of money. I don't know if you ever saw that movie, Simone, where they developed a fake woman and she became a movie star, but this is what that is going to be. Is- yeah, They're already looking at putting her in films, doing television work, because uh, we've gotten to this place where computer animation is incredible and you can't tell what's real and what's not anymore so i'm sure that it won't be long until digital ai representations have only fans account and you can just watch fully ai generated porn and they can tailor it specifically 
to what you like, and it is going to put a lot of people like you out of a job. I have many, many jobs, my friend. I wear so many hats. I wouldn't particularly say I'm a successful influencer. No one's ever paid me any money to promote anything. Mm. I'm good at being me. You are good at being you. I'm an expert, and I challenge any computer program to... Yeah, I'm... I'm not too worried about the loss of my job, but that is some weird business for sure. Yeah. I bring this up because of a recent study I was reading. They polled 1,200 people. Out of those 1,200 people, 69% of the college graduates believe that AI will be taking their job or making it completely irrelevant in the next few years. I know there's been a lot of talk about this sort of thing. AI is going to come. It's going to take our jobs. People are scared of it yada, yada, yada. What I found really interesting about this study, though, is that 42% of the people who were surveyed said they would have sex with a humanoid robot. Well, of course, they're not going to yell at you. They don't have stretch marks. They don't have a bad gas at an unfortunate time. They don't need food. Mm -hmm. They're not tired and cranky. Uh, Yes, I'm surprised the number is that low. It's just like this Instagram influencer, Rosie, is that she'll always be in the mood. She'll mm-hmm. never tell you she hates your mother. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I suspect that maybe 42% of these people are willing to admit it, and it might be oh, higher. Yes, yes. However, only 39% of the people that responded that they would be willing to have sex with a robot only 39% believe that they could have a romantic relationship with an AI. Oh, okay. So you can hit it and quit it, but feelings are harder. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing if it's a one-night stand. and be like, yeah, you know, I just wanted to try that, whatever. But that's still really high that almost 40% of people would be like, yeah, I could see myself in a long-term romantic relationship with It's because emotions are scary and people are scary. Emotions are one of the hardest things that humans will ever attempt to figure out. I'm, again, not surprised by those numbers. Mm. I know a lot of people that are terrified of anything romantic. And would you say, how would it uh, break down men versus women on the side of the sex with the robot and AI? Oh, what percentage do I think of women that would be amenable to it versus men? Mm-hmm. Oh, and you have the numbers. I have. I have, I have the numbers. Have, okay. Um, this is based on this survey. So, uh, if, if survey. we are assuming that this is a fair representation of society at large, so is this the relationship or people willing to bang? Okay. So, who is more open to the idea of sleeping with a robot? Men. Yes, men. Forty-eight percent of the men said they would be willing to have sex with a robot. I've met men, so that was an easy one to answer. So you're saying that they're just willing to put their dick anywhere? We'll put it in a hole in the ground. If it's muddy and wiggly, sure, yes. <laughs> they, I mean, I'm not, yeah, yeah, I'm saying that. Okay, and what about falling in love with an AI? Uh, I'm still going to say men. Yes, men as well. Mm-hmm. 43% of the male respondents said that they... Mm-hmm would be open to having a long-term romantic relationship with that. I mean, you can already see that there are quite a number of people out there having relationships with inanimate objects already, whether it be a... Chandeliers. Yes, body pillows. Right. A Nicolas Cage throw throw cushion. (laughs) Do you know that there are already a lot of guys 
having sex with robots for medicinal reasons? Medicinal. Yes, I knew medical, they were having purely medical reasons. What, they are having what? sex with robots for purely <laughs> medical reasons. What are the medical reasons that they are having sex with robots? Uh, you have piqued my curiosity. I would like to introduce you to the SW-3701 trolley-style sperm collector. Stop! I can only get so hard, goddamn! Would you like to see uh, a picture uh, yes, of this I would. sperm-collecting robot? What the what the what what? I, yeah, what? Feast your eyes. I'm and your I'm new love um, companion. Uh, uh, <laughs> it, it's an extractor? It, it. It's a sperm extractor. It oh. is supposedly marketed to guys that are reluctant to masturbate in hospitals or clinics. Well, generally, you should not be masturbating in a hospital in the first place. So, yes. I have masturbated in a hospital. You pervert. But it wasn't. I can, I, I can attest that it was difficult, but it wasn't in any perverted <laughs> way. After I got my vasectomy, I had to go back to the doctor's office and they needed uh -huh. to collect a sperm sample that I had to take down to the lab to test it to make sure that I was completely sterile. So... I had to go into the restroom in the stall and do my best oh. to stroke one out into their little oh. sterile cup that they oh. give you because it needs to be no. a completely sterile catch. And what if you aim wrong? So like you're trying to come and aim sterile? Into mm -hmm. Wow. Standing up in, oh, in no. the latrine. Oh, dear. That's like the least sexy thing ever. Mm-hmm. God damn. Imagine if you actually managed <laughs> to achieve the orgasm and... Splat. It like overshoots the mark. I think I might cup. have got some on the toilet seat, so of course I had to wipe it down with some toilet paper just just to be just to be fair to the next person that used the toilet. Yeah, yeah, that's very thoughtful of you. If we only I had that. one of these sperm collecting automatons that <laughs> could. It's not. It's not sexy. It's like, out of a, me. it's like a box. It's like a lectern. It's, it's a box with a hole that you put hole. your dick in. And oh. it collects it for you. But oh. these are made for gentlemen that... Gentlemen. Refined. Do gentlemen. not feel comfortable or don't want to masturbate the old-fashioned way while they're at the hospital or the clinic. It can also be used for semen collection for sperm banks as well. It's supposedly completely sanitary. Uh, you have a clean catch every time. It, it sucks it right <laughs> out of you. There are videos you could watch. It uh, has this mechanical orifice that thrusts itself rhythmically through <laughs> the opening. And it is described as an apparatus that merges modern digital technology, automatic control technology, and stimulation technologies with semen collection and premature ejaculation desensitization training function. So not only... Does it rob you of your seed? Oh. It can train you not to come as fast because I guess it sends a little electric pulses to the head of your dick. It says, it's like, slow down, buddy. Slow yeah, down. it says not strong so currents that impact huh. and rub the glands penis repeatedly in order to reduce the excitability of nerve endings so as to pacify the nerve of the glands. 
So basically, you stick your dick in this hole, and it sucks it and shocks it to keep you from coming. But also can simultaneously, if need be, suck all your seed out. Yes, because... And if you're, if you're too sexually embarrassed to touch your shame stick, and you can't have your hands involved, and you don't want to play the skin flute, you could, you know, respectfully, like a gentleman, have your hands behind your back and just thrust yourself at this device, and it would do all the work for you. Yes. Well, because it... As, as the advertisement states, it replicates a very realistic vaginal environment offering actions such as massage, sucking, twitching, and vibration for a fast and safe semen collection. Now, now it claims to replicate a vaginal environment. However, I have never been in any vaginal environment that offers massage sucking twitching and vibration maybe i've just been in the wrong vaginas <laughs> perhaps that's what the problem is yes that's probably what the problem is now i was considering buying one of these machines just for purely medicinal Scientific. medical reasons right and keeping it in the garage how do you explain that to your dog <laughs> well you you see it it yeah. just looks like a rolling box on wheels with a hole Yes, Daddy. What's with the rolling box on wheels with the hole? And what do you use? This it's a corn for? cobber, honey. It's a corn cobber. Oh, what if she wants some corn? <laughs> see, do corn, you see daddy? how awkward? Like that, that just gets bad really quickly. I'm really hungry for some corn. Oh God. Oh. Thankfully, she likes eating it off the cob herself. That's one of the joys okay. of eating corn is being That's able true. to like eat it like yes. a typewriter going back right, and right. forth. I mean, you could cut it down, but that's not as satisfying. You could cut it off the cob, but yes. actually eating it off the cob, way more satisfying. The other downside is that they cost about $5,000 on Alibaba. So I'm not mm -hmm. willing to pony up five grand and have this whole wiring hole on wheels in a box and and <laughs> delivered to my undulating house. Undulating suction and, and tantalizing massage doesn't actually work. I could go down to my yield sex shop and probably get a fleshlight, which will offer some twitching and sucking and vibrations for a lot less than this. Than $5,000. Yeah. But I mean, this thing is cool. It has its own LCD screen and Ooh. you know everything. I'm sure that there's so many multiple functions. There's buttons and dials. It looks, it looks pretty And if you intensive. press the one button, it says that it's really proud of you and you're looking good today. Yeah, exactly. My, aren't you handsome? Uh-huh. Yes. I've never extracted from a, such a large <laughs> recipient before. Maybe, maybe there's a button that does say that. I wouldn't be surprised. So in conclusion this week, AI is going to be taking over the world. It is coming for your jobs. It is coming for your sex life. It is coming for, well, it's coming. I mean, you're coming. There's, there's, you're there's, coming there for is the some AI. There is coming happening. Yes. yes. The AI is here and it wants to take your dollars and collect your seed. <laughs> I feel like the topic this week is propaganda i mean there was some ai propaganda there and there is definitely propaganda with the influencer did i tell you that pretty much everybody involved in world war ii was spreading pornographic propaganda oh uh, yeah i 
I don't know if you've told me that, but I have heard that. Yeah, yeah. they were just basically dropping it from planes. Yes. And they were trying to divide the troops on the front lines by yes. sending them pictures, the supposedly salacious pictures of their girlfriends back home. Getting sleeping. it from someone other than them. Yeah, yeah, because they were out doing the hard when fighting. When you and your dick is on the front line, Sally's getting it from someone else yeah, back home. some soft-handed yeah. guy back home who didn't go out to fight is making time with your lady. But they were also trying to divide allies so they would have propaganda that was targeting the the Americans against the British and the Australians and everything like that. And and it worked out that it didn't demoralize anybody at all. The people on the front line actually love this stuff because one, they're just free pictures. Porn. Yeah, free porn. They're pictures of hot women. And when you're around a bunch of guys all day in the trenches, they're like, hey, I just want to look at some pictures of pretty ladies. And plus, the, most of them were in their 20s. So they're at their sexual prime. And I was like, ah, I need something to look at. And then would they it became fuck a hole in a box. I'm sure they'd uh, they would love to have one of these medical devices on the front line to help them take care of their daily stresses of being in a war. And it turned out to be so popular that they would trade it like baseball cards. Speaking about propaganda, I've got a question for you. Hit me with it. What do Nazis, bacon, cigarettes, the color green, Dixie cups? disease and freud have to do with each other all right so nazi let me get this straight so nazis bacon mm -hmm. cigarettes mm -hmm. the color green yes uh it's a lot of stuff okay disease mm -hmm. and what was the other one dixie cups freud and freud have in common okay um so the only thing that comes to mind would possibly be Dr. Seuss, because I know that he did anti-Nazi propaganda. Since this is about propaganda, he did anti-Nazi propaganda. He wrote Green Eggs and Ham. Ham is like bacon. Um, maybe his stuff is a little bit Freudian. He probably smoked cigarettes. Am I on the right track? It's elaborate, and I'm going to give you credit. Uh, but no, you have gone off the path and are not on the right path. Okay, so so give me the Nazis. Give, give. I mean, don't give me the. Give. You want some Nazis? I, don't, I carry Nazis in my back pocket at all times. How am I supposed to give you some Nazis? Pardon me. Could you spare a cup of Nazis? I don't have a spare cup of Nazi lying uh, around. Uh, so, my house. Okay, so we're okay. Start with something, and then we're gonna draw yes. a line around this. We're gonna we're gonna create a Venn diagram. Okay. So so, where are you starting? Where am I starting? Freud. It starts okay. with Freud. So start, okay, so, so the, we're starting with the last one first. Okay, give me some Freud. We got some Freud. In specific, what we have is Freud's nephew. I've never heard of Freud's nephew. I know I've heard of Freud's daughter, and I did a thing about Freud's daughter, but give me some Freud nephew. Okay, here's the thing. Freud's nephew has shaped how you live your daily life right now. How myself personally? Yeah, how you, how all of us, all of us in America live our daily lives are directly influenced and shaped by Freud's nephew. Okay, and this has to do with my consumption of Dixie cups. And bacon. <laughs> and bacon. And, and bacon. And my consumption of Nazis. Yes, yes, all it right. does. Okay, all okay. right. Okay, I'm going to bring it all together. 
This man, Freud's nephew, his name was Edward Bernays, and right. he was like the a- sauce. <laughs> well, it was spelled uh, B E R N A Y S. Okay. He was a relentless self-promoter. As was his uncle. Even even more so. He was actually, uh, in my research, it was alleged he's pretty insufferable. Uh-huh. Like he, he, he name-dropped the fact that his uncle was Freud all of the time. And he was like, I am America's number one promoter. Me. I am the, I am the PR dude. Mm-hmm. He took his uncle's concepts for, in terms of promotion and propaganda and applied it in marketing. He actually got hired by the United States government in World War I to promote and propagate the war and to push the concept that World War I was important for democracy. Okay. So he so you're arguing that he got us into World War I? No. Okay. No, not arguing that. What it will but but the baby steps of how this man has influenced your life today starts with World War I. Starts with him being hired to promote this war. And when the war, he took his job so seriously, he considered what he did to be psychological warfare. Okay. He considered himself a warrior. He was, but his front line was getting into people's minds. So he was a mind warrior. Uh, Without the peyote. (laughs) Yes. Okay. And after the war, he took the concepts that he learned on people. And first off, he wrote a book called Crystallizing Public Opinion. That was a smash success. With the title like that, how can you lose? Created a second book called Propaganda, which is going to be very important in a bit. Mm. And he is directly responsible for countless people dying of cancer. Mm. So he gave a bunch of people cancer. Through got, the bacon. Was it bacon uh, cancer? Uh, no, Bacon-induced no. cancer? We haven't gotten to the bacon yet. Okay. He was hired by a cigarette company who said, yo, what do we do? Women are not smoking our product. It's considered unladylike to smoke. We can't get, like, we want to break into that market. How do we convince women to smoke? And Edward Bernays has said, not a problem. You've come to the right man. America's number one PR dude. Did I mention I am also the nephew of Freud. That's important for you Let all to know. Let me drop a little name here. Let me a little name drop and watch your toes, dropping some names. And he linked smoking cigarettes to feminism, hired women that were attractive but not too attractive. He didn't want them to be mm-hmm. threateningly attractive. Mm-hmm. Okay. He wanted them to be relatably attractive. Had them march in an Easter parade in New York, made sure there was media there to document it, called them smoking cigarettes, torches of freedom, tied it in with how empowering it was to smoke, Uh had the media document these women and that ended up in magazines and newspapers everywhere. And as a result, cigarette sales exploded. Because smoking was a man's world prior to that. Yes. Oh, I mean, that was a whole 50% of the population that- That was untouched. Wasn't smoking their death sticks. Right. Mm -hmm. Once he successfully managed to get women to start smoking cigarettes, he got approached by Lucky Strike. And Lucky Strike's like, what what are we going to, no one is, women are not buying our cigarettes because 
the they object to the colors. Our, the Lucky Strike logo is this very specific shade of green that was not considered fashionable. So women were not buying Lucky Strike cigarettes. I wonder if they've changed that because I think Lucky Strikes are red now. They had an iconic green and red logo. Uh-huh. And women objected to the shade of green. It wasn't considered fashionable and feminine. Aww. So Lucky Strikes approached Edward Bernay and they're like, hey, why we can't get women to, to buy our cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, obviously change the logo. And they're like, no, no, no. We spent millions of dollars on this logo. We're not changing <laughs> We've it. We've spent so much money on this <laughs> awful logo already. Yes, yes. Your job is to get the women to like the color green. And Bernays is like, not a problem. I got this. He hires intellectuals to give highfalutin talks on uh-huh. green as a concept shade. <laughs> he puts together a green ball at the Waldorf Astoria. I happen to be an expert on green. Yeah, they could have hired you to deliver <laughs> lectures. He starts planting stuff in in newspapers and magazines about how green is the in shade. Accessories, clothing manufacturers, green. Puts together a green ball, gets all the highest society women to wear very fancy, elaborate green outfits. Mm-hmm. Green becomes the color of the season, mm-hmm. all because Lucky Strike hired this dude to make women like the color green, and it worked. Just so they would buy their cigarette, their yes. just so they would buy their torches of freedom. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we haven't even we haven't even gotten to the bacon yet. Are you curious about the bacon? Did, did he? Did he? Was he the one that came up with bacon wrapped cigarettes? <laughs> was that him? No. But Americans were eating light breakfast because it, it, this is actually, in order to get women to start smoking cigarettes, he had to start propagating the concept that it was desirable to be thin. So he started getting things put in magazines. He started doing subtle underground promo to convince society as a whole that thin was desirable. Reach for a cigarette as opposed to a sweet. Uh-huh. That was the pitch given to women. It is your duty and obligation to be thin. So reach for that cigarette, don't reach for that sweet. Mm. Uh-oh, now people aren't eating breakfast. I was too good with marketing. What do I do? I have to shift it. So he got one physician to ask a bunch of doctors, is it better to have a heartier breakfast or a lighter breakfast? And people were eating lighter breakfast because we weren't doing hardcore industrial agricultural labor anymore Mm -hmm. people didn't need as many calories yeah so breakfast became lighter he got enough doctors to say scientifically it is more desirable to have a heartier breakfast and then was able to take that study get it released and all of a sudden people started eating bacon and eggs again as a traditional american Mm -hmm. breakfast because Freud's nephew was hired by the bacon industry, who was like, nobody's buying our bacon. What are we going to do, man? Big bacon. We haven't gotten to the Nazis. It's always, well, I'm just thinking because after a big hearty breakfast of eggs and bacon, you really want to follow that up with a good hearty cigarette. Right. I'm sure. Yes. Full of bacon and tobacco and, and big money. This guy was very good at what he did. He was Jewish and Joseph Goebbels was a huge fan took his book Propaganda and deliberately used it in his construction of the Third Reich as the Minister of Propaganda. Was, wasn't Goebbels the one that was a closet homosexual drug addict? 
Uh, there were a number of drug addicts. It's hard to keep track. Of all <laughs> How many of the closeted drug homosexual drug addicts I, Nazis could there possibly really, be? It, I think it was really stressful being a Nazi, mm. and like I think a lot of them did drugs to deal with it. Um, there was certainly more than one suppressed homosexual drug addled Nazi. I'm okay. sure. All right. Uh, I I think that he, I'm I'm not enough of a Nazi expert. I think that he no he was the one. Him and his wife had like ten kids. They were all named H. It was like Helmet, Heidi, uh, Helga. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, he wasn't the closeted homosexual, but he was uh, also breeding for Hitler. Anyhow, my point is he was a huge fan of Edward Bernays, overlooked the fact that he was Jewish, deliberately lifted his propaganda and marketing concepts and applied them in constructing the Third Reich as the minister of propaganda. Okay. Goebbels took the concepts from the book propaganda including creating a cult of personality and used it to create the Fuhrer cult of personality around Adolf Hitler mm. specifically because he got the idea off of Freud's Jewish nephew mm. which they, they had to do some cognitive dissidence I'm sure okay we're taking the the ideas from this evil Jewish mind but we're uh -huh. going to use it to create a Fuhrer cult so it, it'll all work out in the end. And that's how Hitler became people's sexiest man alive. Yes. Oh, no, wait, sorry. That was that was Times Man of the Year, I think, in 1939. He was Times Man of the Year. Not people's not sexiest man alive. <laughs> no, he was not people's sexiest man alive. But I do remember that cover. Yes. Dixie Cups. All right. So you're tying a couple of Dixie Cups together with some string. Give me the Give me the telephone. So Dixie goes to Edward and is like, hey, nobody is buying our product. What do we do? And Edward's like, not a problem, man. I got this. He was a huge believer in shifting people's perception. And by shifting their perception, he would then shift their buying choices. Mm -hmm. So he created a campaign to terrify Americans of germs and to instill in them the concept that only disposable single-use products were safe. And part of the huge fear we have of germs, the overuse of antibacterial stuff, way too many antibiotics being used can all be traced back to this man being hired by Dixie Cups. So you're saying that he is responsible for our disposable culture? Yes. Oh, our single serve. Ooh. He, in fact, in order to promote Dixie Cups properly, founded the Committee for the Study and Promotion of the Sanitary Dispensing of Food and Drink. That sounds very official. Does, right? It, and it worked. It didn't exist. He created this committee and then told everybody, you better buy those Dixie Cups or your lips will fall off. I mean, I look forward to the report on a monthly basis. <laughs> I, I have not signed up for that report. Perhaps <laughs> I should. Just one more thing I can be terrified about. One more so thing the, to delete from your email? <laughs> delete, delete, delete. Yes. So that, to answer my question that I proposed to you and you went on some sidetrack with Green Eggs and Ham and Dr. Seuss, is, I mean, it's valid. It was a good- Okay, okay so I will, I will give you a list of six things and you tell me what they all have in common. Did I not? Did I not <laughs> you did. You, you brought it all back together, they full circle. had together, yes. You, you enclosed this Venn diagram and so now I know- that sitting in the center of it is Freud's nephew. Correct. Wow. It kind of reminds me of uh, that John B. Watson 
that did the little Albert experiment that we talked about and how he influenced everything in our society. And because yes. just because he wanted to get a little nookie from some yes. younger lady and all of a sudden advertising is a thing and we're constantly right. be, being bombarded by advertisements. It is a little terrifying to realize just how easily manipulatable the human mind is. And we are influenced every day in every way. The only power you have is to be conscious of what's going on around you and to do your absolute best to fight off being influenced. That is true. But if you want some positive influence in your life, you can follow the Dirty Talk podcast on all social medias. You can follow me at TC Rollins on Twitter, and you can find Rain de Grey. Everywhere as Rain to Gray. Hello. Hi. If you How's want some of our propaganda coming to your eyeballs on a daily basis. It's good propaganda. It's good stuff. Yes. We have your best interests at heart. Trust us. Yes. Trust us. And those are going to be the final words for this week. <laughs> trust us. I believe you have a fine jaunty salute for these good people. Yes. It's, it's full of propaganda. Catch you all next week. Thank you so much for joining us. Over and out. <laughs>